You're listening to a Sin Media Podcast. Made by young people for young people. Listening to Sin with myself, Chelsea, and I'm joined by the lovely Tim of Cubsport. Cubsport, our feature album here this week. How are you, Tim? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for joining me. Um, I read your Guardian article with Brody Lancaster, and it mentioned that you were kind of felt throughout that interview you were on like a, a bit of a sliding scale between pride and also devastation. How are you feeling now that the album's out? I'm feeling really good. It's um, it's a little bit scary releasing something that is so different to what we've done before. I feel like every album is really different, but this one felt like it really kind of like went to a new place. And I've been so excited about it myself, but I was like, are other people like going to get it? And honestly, the feedback has just, it's almost been a bit overwhelming. It's, it's, it's been so nice and it feels really good to finally have it out in the world. I wanted to jump into the song Grand Canyon, which is the last song on the album, but it's also the first song you wrote for the album. And I think this song is the perfect song to conclude the album on because it's big and grand and cinematic, just like the whole album and it encapsulates it. I know you wrote a few songs um, after your last album that you weren't quite feeling. Why, what made this the first song for Like Nirvana? What was the switch? What was different about this? I think it's kind of just the heart that's in it. I, and I think like after I wrote a whole lot of other songs and I could kind of see the the next album taking form and I could like, feel how like which songs fit together and like belonged in the same like energetic world or something it kind of just became quite clear but yeah I I feel like Grand Canyon as you said is like a really good closer for for the album and I think that the um like the choir outro it feels it just feels like such a nice conclusion to the journey and like the, like both sonic in like a sonic way. And also um, lyrically, I feel like it kind of starts out with confessions as a little bit like brooding and abrasive. And to me, that song kind of feels like, like, I don't know if you've seen the music video, but I'm like, I've got like chains on me in it. And then through the end section where it kind of like explodes, I'm like throwing these chains off me. And um, to me, the album sort of starts in that way of like feeling kind of like chained down by these like traumas and this darkness and heaviness that kind of feels constricting. And through the course of the album, 
it feels like it kind of like navigates like through those feelings and then by the time the album ends it's like you're like floating up into heaven like with the grand canyon choir finish your mountains baby grand canyon you hold all the power if you believe it then you can get so much of an angel to be held down your battles so much of an angel to be held down to be You mentioned the choir, the choir sound, and there's also like organs woven into this album as well. And to me, um, organs will like always be like reminiscent of like church hymns or something. Um, I read that um, you were quite drawn to organs for this album, or they just like had to be in this album. What do they? Why is that? Yeah, I think. I think the first time that I was like, I need to start writing with organs was when Frank Ocean released a, released Blonde and um, hearing solo and just the way that that song impacted me. Like I, I hadn't really, I hadn't really heard a song that made me cry like multiple times in a row, like for an extended period of time. But there was something about that song that just like hit me so hard. And so that was um that was around the time when i started kind of playing with organ sounds and i i had quite a few organs in our second album bats and then i kind of for our third album i kind of was trying out some kind of just sort of a different sonic palette and um this time around i ended up being drawn back to these organ sounds again I think that um, there's a lot of kind of, there's kind of like a spiritual feeling and theme throughout this album as well. And it's funny having grown up in the church and coming to like, kind of like hold a lot of like heaviness around that time. And my association with all of those things is like pretty negative. And so in a way it's kind of like reclaiming these like holy sounds and like making it my own version of like this divine connection or something. I want to talk about the track um, Break Me Down. That's your track with Morat, who you've done a few songs with now. When did you know that this was the song for Morat to feature on? Well, we actually wrote and recorded and produced that whole thing, like all together, like together from the start. Um, yeah, I I thought that I had the album more or less finished, actually, and then. I said to Grace, like, we should work on some music thinking like maybe it would be something for the following album. And, um, yeah, that song kind of just 
came about, I, I think we started, we started out where I just like recorded some vocals into a session and then Grace chopped that up a bit. And then we're like, okay, what instrumentation should we put under it? And I like pulled out my guitar and started playing um, that um, from Break Me Down. And once I'd layered in some guitar parts, we're like, okay, this is becoming its own thing. And so we like changed the BPM to like fit the guitar better. And we ended up taking out the chopped vocal and we created this loop, just like put the guitar part on repeat basically. And we took turns just sort of like freestyling, just singing whatever into the mic. And um, yeah. And then we had this, like eight minute sprawling, just like completely free, like unique, beautiful piece of music um, that just like felt, it just feels like it. Yeah, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but I I just feel so um, excited and like emotional and like connected to myself when I listen to that. And um we we kind of tried to trim it down but like if we could make this like four minutes or something like then i don't know you know how how music is these days and people's attention span and it's hard not to take those things um on when you're like trying to figure out what to do with a song but we we just like couldn't trim it down and so we ended up doing a version that's like seven minutes and I feel like it's just such a beautiful, sweet spot. Um, and then, yeah. So then Grace came over, I think like a week later and we just put some finishing touches on it. Grace played in like some piano and um, yeah. And then at that point I was like, okay, I cannot wait for like another album to put this out. Like this has to be on this album. And then I ended up writing, I think, Confessions and Drive and a couple, I think maybe one other song, like just after writing Break Me Down with Grace. And it just completely reshaped what album four looked and sounded like. And yeah, it, it, feels, it feels like it's landed in a very special place. I've been getting closer with my shadow side My eyes adjusting to the water lights And you told me that's alright Can I keep you in my sight? Can I keep you in my sight? Cause I've been running around in circles I've been yelling it's a miracle Baby, I think you're a miracle My favorite song on the album is um, Best Friend. And I think a lot of this album is kind of about, it's clearly about love, but it's also about, you know, grappling with identity in a way that I think is quite unique to like the queer experience where there's like constant confusion and doubt. But often when you look back in retrospect, everything kind of clicks. Like I've, I've always been this person all along, of course. And I think this song to me kind of sounds like that clicking moment. Like, of course you're supposed to be with your best friend. Of course you're supposed to be playing in this band and being a performer. I want to know what does this song 
mean to you? Firstly, thank you so much. I'm like covered in goosebumps just hearing <laughs> you say that. That's so nice. Um, yeah, this song, I guess, is like, it's like looking back into the past at a time that did feel so confusing and was full of um, like so much like love and heart, but like a fear of like actually acknowledging it and a fear of sharing it. And now I can look back at um, this period in mine and Sam's lives when we were 17 and we were like, we just started hanging out and we were like obsessed with each other. And, um, and yeah, Sam had been accepted into a dance school that was on the other side of Brisbane to where I lived. And um, it was like five days a week and, we, at that stage we had been seeing each other every day and I was like, Oh God, in two weeks, Sam's going to like start at this dance school. Um, I'm not going to see him every day. He's going to make new friends. And it was like, it, I guess it, at that point in time, I was like, Oh, I'm about to like lose this incredible thing. And I didn't really have anyone that I could like tell about it. Cause it was all a secret. Um, but in the end, um, Sam didn't go to the dance school and we did end up spending every day together. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty wild to me that these decisions that you make throughout your life, like when, when you like follow your heart, it like ends up directing your whole future. Like 10 years later, we're like married and in a band together and, back then like if if I had just like let it happen he he might have been a dancer like I might have become a dentist like I always thought I was going to and yeah it's it's pretty wild and I feel like it's testament to the importance of like listening to your heart and like um yeah like trusting your gut and doing doing and saying things that might be hard but you know are going to like open you up to the future or um the the things that you want out of life we were a couple weeks out when i told you that i'd miss you that i want to see you every day that i thought evie would miss you Already jealous of your new friends Already waiting for the weekends Already so deep in a world Where I need nothing but my best friend Deep in a world where I need nothing but my best friend In a world where I need nothing but my best friend You show me love You show me love You You show me love There's a lyric on confessions you've mentioned that song a few times but there's a lyric that really stands out to me the truth is I'm looking for myself and I can't see it in anybody I might go off on a bit of a tangent I'm sorry but I am I guess I just wanted to say thank you for writing this album and this song like I know this song kind of looks at how you didn't feel seen but I wanted to say thank you for like making people feel seen with this album and I know or I feel like there's not a lot of people particularly now like Australian music scene our local scene kind of writing or singing about the queer experience and if they are 
they might not have the platform that Cub Sport has. So this album is just so so special and I know it's going to be really integral to a lot of people's own journey with identity. So just want to say thank you, but also I wanted to say, ask, um, how do you feel, do you feel differently now that this album is out in the world? Do those lyrics still resonate with you? Firstly, thank you so much again. <laughs> I feel like I could cry, but I'll keep it together. <laughs> um, I, I do feel different on the other side of having that album out. I, I think that it's like, it, it's hard because I try not to take what people say about what I create personally, like whether it's like, um, whether they're like praising it or if they have something bad to say about it. Cause I, I just try to remember like how it's like how it's made me feel when I was creating it and like why I was drawn to making it sound the way that it sounds and why those lyrics happen to come through me and that sort of thing. But I think that seeing the way that it has resonated with people already and like hearing that like it's made someone like you feel seen it, it like I, I guess that's the, the beauty in being so open is that it allows you to realize that you're actually not as alone as you sometimes feel and that like now that I've kind of opened up about this stuff that other people like hey I've been through that as well and it's kind of incredible because in my mind I'm always like doing this for like my younger self or like young queer people but the the breadth of like the different types of people that have been reaching out to me it's like like family members who are in like their 40s or like people who like I used to work with in like the dental industry and stuff it's like these these people like that you've always just assumed have it all together and like know who they are like having people like that say this album is like making me feel like I fit in or like this album is like inspiring me is like, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's a bit surreal to be honest, to, to, um, to realize that my experience isn't as unusual and isolated as it like has kind of felt, um, throughout my life the truth is i look unbelievable but i hate my body the truth is i'm looking for myself and i can't see it in anybody the truth is i feel less okay than i thought i was the truth is i've fallen into another trap of who i think i'm meant to be the truth is i'm still lost the truth is cold like frost the truth is i love all of you but i don't know if you love all of me